Today's topic, the three V's to successful speaking with Anna Petra. Welcome to episode six. Get ready to discover yourself, grow and transform your world here at Smile Retools with your host, Joseph Paul Smile. Good morning. I am Joseph Paul Smile, the CEO of Smile Real Marketing Agency and your host for Smile Real Talks. Smile Real Talks is super laser focused at helping you discover yourself, grow your business and transform your world by connecting you to countless entrepreneurs, coaches, business experts and professionals that are well experienced in business, health or relationship matters. So, hey, Anna, you're very welcome. You're very welcome to Smiley Talk. Oh, thank you so much, Joseph. I'm so excited to be here. I am very passionate about animals. I love animals. And I love, I mean, in Australia, which is where I live, I'm in Sydney, Australia, and we have a lot of different native animals here. And my favourite is probably the koala. And... The, the thing about the koala is there used to be millions of ko- koalas and now there's only tens of thousands of them. Mm-hmm. So, um, so you know, it's really important that we, we keep looking after our koalas and, and do something to, you know, to save them and look after them. Absolutely, absolutely. So before we jump into the three Bs to successful speaking, I would love to ask a few questions about public speaking generally. First, what is public speaking? That's a good question, Joseph. Yes, I think it's a, a form of communicating with an audience through speech. That's my simple definition. And uh, yeah, that, that's that's awesome. what I think it is. Awesome. So what was your driving... Nice and simple. <laughs> okay. What was your driving factor towards becoming a public speaker and a good one at that? Was there someone who pushed you that way? You know, how did it come to be? Well, for me, my public speaking journey started when I was actually in primary school. So, and it was, there was a contest at school. It was called the Voice of Youth competition. And when I raced home from primary school and I ran into the kitchen, my mum was standing there and she was cooking. She was cooking on the stove, you know, she was stirring the gravy I can still smell the lovely food on the the stove and she was wearing this bright red apron yeah (laughs) and I said to her mom they're having a public speaking contest at school will you help me and she said those three words that mums sometimes say Mm -hmm. ask your father oh (laughs) (laughs) so so I did, I asked my dad and my dad helped me with my very first ever presentation. Mm. So he, he helped me, he helped me write it and basically helped me prepare for it. And when I look back all those years ago, you know, I'm so grateful to have had my dad's help for my very first ever speech. So for me, he didn't push me, but he certainly encouraged me. And I think that if it weren't for his encouragement, I never would have done it, mm-hmm. you know, because I, I didn't know what it was. I didn't understand it. So, you know, for me, I just, I'm so grateful to him for encouraging me. And that's where my journey started, obviously a long, long time ago. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
and you know I've just worked on my skills from there. Awesome, awesome. So you know, it is one thing you know, like you mentioned, you needed someone to inspire. So it is one thing to to deliver ideas, and it is another thing to create them. So how do you divide your time between delivering ideas and creating them? Okay. I think, well, I definitely would spend more time honing the idea. Mm -hmm. So preparing for the speech. You know, for me, I mean, some people are very natural speakers and they're very spontaneous. Yeah. For me, I'm a preparer. I mean, I work with people who, who have all different styles and, of course, it's whatever works for you. But for me, it's about getting really clear on the message that you want to leave your audience with because the message is like the gift that you're leaving for your audience. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's the thing that's going to help them to learn the lessons that you learned probably the hard way mm -hmm. and that they can take on and they can learn from your mistakes in a way and, and actually take it on board. So I would spend more time really preparing and honing the, the, the core messages so that they're really clear for the audience because, you know, it's not about what I want to say to the audience. It's, it's absolutely about the audience themselves. Mm -hmm. So, you know, some of the challenges of group presentation includes like nervousness, stage fright, low self-esteem, etc. So as a presenter and you're really experienced in that, what are the skills to overcome such constraints or situations? Mm -hmm. I think there's a range of skills. And here's the great thing is that those skills can be learned. Okay. I think that one, I think you hit on a really key one there, which is around the mindset. Okay. You know, there's so much that happens in the mind. And, and this is like, it, to me, it's absolutely crazy that there are people in the world who who are so terrified of, of speaking and taking that step. And, you know, a big part of it is, is, is being okay with it in the mind, mm -hmm. you know, and not having those moments of, you know, and telling ourselves that we can't do it or, or that people are going to laugh at us or, mm -hmm. you know, having that fear and, and clutching onto that comfort zone. So a lot of, you know, the very first piece, if you like, if there's sort of building blocks to public speaking. And I think that the first one is that mindset piece. Okay. You know, because we all have challenges in our mindset. Mm -hmm. Even if, even like a lot of people aren't confident to stand up and speak, but they still don't realise their potential, you know, and that all starts in the mind, imagining, you know, what could be. Sure. So there's a very, uh, probably the biggest lesson that I ever learned in when I started to get into the professional speaking, the biggest lesson that the professional speakers taught me is this little saying that, that I love to, to share with other people, which is, I call it, I know, ayaya, I know, ayaya, I know, it's not about you, Ayaya, it's about your audience. Okay. I know. Yeah. And and that's the thing. When we when we make that shift in our mind to say it's actually about the value that you bring to the audience. 
Mm-hmm. Rather than worrying about me and what I'm going to say, I'm going to think about my audience and the fact that, you know, the audience is in pain. The audience has something that they want help with or that, that they want to be inspired with. You know, and that's the power that as a speaker mm-hmm. that, you know, you can bring or I can bring or anybody can bring. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's so important to, to make that mindset shift. Absolutely. You know, having built so much great passion around public speaking and leaving your job to fully go into public yeah. speaking, what has been sustaining your passion? Yeah. Oh, yeah, great question. For me, it's about it's about the why. You know, understanding why I'm doing it. Okay. Because I had a moment where I realized this is my life purpose. Mm-hmm. I believe that everybody is put on this earth with a purpose for their life. And the thing is, a lot of people never find that purpose. But for me, I feel so lucky that, you know, I was able to discover that my life purpose is to help people with their speaking. And and I'm on a worldwide mission, as you well know, that that I want to ban boring and, and have fun yeah. and, and have fun in public speaking. Mm-hmm. You know, so when I, when I remember that and I remember that there is so much potential out there and there are so many people who are, who are still terrified or who still aren't fulfilling their potential when they could be in terms of speaking, you know, that, that totally drives me. I feel like I'm compelled to do this every single day. Right, right. So having, you know, the zeal to do it each day is your driving passion. You know? Absolutely. Oh, that's good. Mm. And um, having know that you are, you know, an ascent reduction specialist. You know, I've heard not so much about ascent reduction though, but lately it's, I think it's going everywhere. So in public speaking, what exactly is asset reduction first of all and how does it impede public speaking? Mm, great question. Well, accent reduction is simply put very simply, my simple definition is is to have clear communication. So we have and, and again it's about your audience and how they receive your communication. So for example, I live in Australia and we speak Australian English mm-hmm. and some of the people who speak English in my own country, I can't understand <laughs> because some people have quite very broad accents. Some yeah. people, I mean, one of the things that I love about Australia is we're filled with a multicultural country where everybody is speaking English and we all have different ways of expressing, expressing ourselves. So... You know, it's a real strength. And at the same time, there are certain things about speaking English, if English is not your first language, that sometimes get in the way. And the thing is, the reason this happens is because you speak in the rhythm patterns of your mother tongue language. Mm-hmm. So whatever your mother tongue language is, the first language that you learned Whatever that language is, that's most likely the, the, the language you'll be speaking in the rhythm patterns. Yeah. You know, like the music, the music of that language. So you're speaking English, 
in the rhythm patterns of, of the other language, which can create some little blocks. Mm-hmm. And a block is simply a word or a sound that is preventing the audience from understanding. So for me, accent reduction is about helping people to remove those blocks, but not remove the rhythm patterns, because that's what makes, you know, speaking interesting is when we do have different accents, when we do have different ways to express. It's just simply working on fine tuning. Some people need more help than others, let's say. You have a beautiful accent. (laughs) Thanks. All right. Um, (laughs) You know, uh, but there's there's this question I'm thinking about, but you know, it's it kind of caused <laughs> it kind of caused a lot of controversy. There's this question, but I would love to know what are the experiences between the body oh, of I men know. and women. You know, when it comes to public speaking, they'll be like, okay, there's a huge controversy about the body language. So, what are the differences between the body language of men and women? Wow, interesting question. I think that, look, I'd like to say that there are no differences. Okay. But I do believe that naturally we tend to have different gestures in terms of body language. The One of the things that I see a lot with females is the, certainly the, the, the pose or the, the body language is not centered. Mm-hmm. And I'm specifically thinking of the feet, like where the feet are placed on the stage. So if we want to have, for example, if you want to have credibility, you will be standing with your feet planted on the on the floor in that authority position. And a lot of times as females, we lean on one leg or we, you know, we, we stand to the side. Because, you know, as little girls, we're taught we have to be feminine and pretty and lovely and all those things. Absolutely. Sometimes this is subconsciously and and we're not taught to be powerful and have that, you know, that presence in a way. So sometimes we have to unlearn things there. And, I mean, likewise, I think for the the gentleman, Mm -hmm. I think that one thing that they can do is to be to be aware of when, and this is a generality, of course. Okay. But they can be aware of when perhaps they might be having that that more domineering stance. Mm-hmm. You know, if a man is a little bit or has, let's call them masculine traits or masculine body gestures, for example, pointing the finger and that sort of thing. I mean, females do that as well, of course. But I think it's the first step is to be aware of our body language okay. and so that we can do something about that. So we always want to be thinking, okay, well, how is the audience receiving me in my body language? Mm-hmm. I think that's the most important thing because some people might think like, oh, this person's too confident or, you know, oh, this person isn't credible. They don't know what they're talking about because their body language isn't, isn't you know, in that, in that confident, confident mm-hmm. position. So to speak. You know, sometimes we, we keep speaking and even about languages affects the way we speak most times. So that brings me to the question like, you know, when speaking and maybe yeah. you don't really understand the audience, maybe it's your first time speaking to them. You've never been to that 
country, like you, you've been traveling places to speak. So maybe how have you been able to overcome, you know, people that feel maybe you're boring and that you're not excited? How do I know as a speaker when I'm boring to my audience? Mm, good question. Well, I think that the thing is when we speak and one of the, one of the V's is, is a value, we always want to bring value to the audience. One way we can bring value to the audience is to understand the audience and do that research beforehand. Mm-hmm. Now, if we can actually find out information about our audience before we speak to them, so for example, if you were speaking in a different country, right. then what is it that you know about that audience and what can you find out? I mean, you'd be amazed at what's out there online. (laughs) As you well know, Joseph, there's so much. You can go digging online. You can find all sorts of information about. Now, of course, one, I mean, that's just simply one way of checking out your audience and what they're up to and what they think. Uh But certainly, certainly, I mean, you can ask, you can engage with them on social media, but you can also ask the organiser of you know, let's say if it's an event or, you know, whoever's organising that, that presentation, mm. then certainly have a few questions lined up for them and so that you can do a little research and, and find out uh, what is it that, what are they struggling with? Because you really want to be able to help them as a speaker. Yeah. So, you know, whatever you can find out. Oh, and, and in terms of the, the part of your question that deals with, you know, not being boring, I mean, during your presentation, you, and this is probably a, an, a, an advanced technique, is to be, you know, to be looking at your audience and see, seeing what they're doing and how they're responding and, and have some interaction with them, oh. whether it's a little activity to break up. You know, you don't want to have too much talking, talking at them. You want to break it up with, with a little bit of variety. And uh, that's how I inject some more fun into the presentation. Yeah, that's that's great. <laughs> no, and still, still on the line of the boring thing, you know, being boring in presentation. You know, when it comes to time management, every speaker in each presentation looks to pour out as much as possible, but they don't just have the whole time to do that. So now, if I, you know, I've got only five minutes for a speech, how do I get my key points across in an interesting way? Is there a special skill to that? Mm, good question. I think that, it, it again, it comes back to, to the value that you want to bring your audience. And within those five minutes, so the speech structure will be fairly standard. But it's what, I mean, one of the questions is what can you leave out? Okay. You know, when, so if you have a whole lot of points and you've only got five minutes, what a lot of people will do is try and throw more and more information in there because they have so much to share with their audience. But what you want to do is try and simplify it and think about what is that core message that I want to leave my audience with? What's that one thing yeah. that, you know, I really want to leave the audience with? Okay. And then just break it down into that. And then in the next speech, you can talk about the other thing that you wanted to talk about. Oh, yeah. That's a great point. No? So I have to realize my message at the moment that really benefits my audience and pass it 
across to them. I love that. Yeah. Now this yeah. question is one yeah, of absolutely. my favorite. Uh, you know, what's from the past? You know, oh, I, I call it my favorite <laughs> because I used to have my own story related to this. But I would say, what's from the past haunts you about public speaking? Were you not good enough once? Was there an audience that didn't like you? Was there a speech that didn't land? And was there a speech that you didn't give that you wanted to or should have? You know, what's, uh, uh, what are you holding on to? Hmm. Another great question. I think I have a couple, but the main one I think that I'd like to share is wow. when, I, when I first uh, when I was successful, I, I joined a, a bureau and okay. I had my first paid speaking gig and I was so, I was just so excited about it and I really, really wanted to do a great job and there was not much time to really prepare though. So I did my best to prepare a, a new presentation for them because I thought, okay, well, I'm preparing this for this audience and I got out there and I gave it all my energy and and it just, the audience just didn't respond. Oh. And I was quite, I mean, I thought I'd done okay. And then I received some feedback and, you know, they were sort of, you know, they didn't, they weren't happy with it. So oh. for me, I learned a big lesson and, you know, I, 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 I just wasn't ready for, for that level yet. Okay. So for me, it was going back to the drawing board and making sure that I received feedback so when we first start out in speaking and getting paid to speak, mm. the important thing is to practice the material in front of people and receive the feedback. And you know, because you don't want to, you don't want to under deliver. That's a, a really important lesson that I learned. So every time I want to, I want to over deliver on you know what my audience expects. So yeah, awesome, awesome one there. Okay. Taking me to this one because the point here is to ban boring and let's have fun. Yes. <laughs> what are the best ways to manage humor in any presentation? <laughs> that is a good one. Look, I think I mean look, let's face it, not everybody is funny. Okay. I mean, I'm I'd like to think I'm funny, but I'm really, you know, I'm not that's not my thing. There are a lot of people out there who are super, super funny. And for me, being humorous is something that I've had to work at. I did some, I did a little bit of stand-up yeah. comedy. You know, I put myself through that. I got a coach and then I got on stage and told some jokes. <laughs> and I, for me, you know, growing up in, in my family, my, so it was me and my older brother, Simon, and Simon was the funny one. Okay. Yeah, you know, he would say something and everybody would laugh and, you know, I, that just wasn't me. It wasn't my thing. I wasn't the funny one. So, I mean, and that's a label I've put on myself. So I shouldn't really say that. But for me, for me, what I do is I have fun with my audience. You know, I, I bring an energy. I bring an enthusiasm. And for me, that is, that's the fun I bring fun and then, you know, it's through fun and enjoyment, you know, humorous things happen. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, some, sometimes I do lives and I'll be like, 
hey, I'm trying to be original here, you know, <laughs> just crack up, crack up <laughs> and you, you don't know, you know, maybe when is alive, you don't know who's laughing and who's not and who woke up on the wrong side of his or her bed, you know, yes. <laughs> so you, you just have to mind. Yes, exactly. <laughs> okay. <laughs> now that we know everything about public speaking and we've had you practically answer most pressing questions about public speaking. What are these three golden V's to successful speaking? Oh, lovely. Thank you. Yeah, so, so V, as I mentioned already, V, the, the first V is about value. Right. Always bringing value to your audience. Mm -hmm. And I've spoken a lot about making your presentations all about audience. Okay. So actually thinking about your audience when you're preparing your, your presentation and, and thinking about what it is that you can help them with and what it is that they need. So that's the first V. Now, the second V is veritas. And veritas just means truth. So yes. this is about being, being natural on stage, being, being you, being able to be yourself and, and have your personality. Because, you know, what? when I was in government and we had to sit through these really long presentations, uh -huh. what would happen is the, the executives, and I, deliver, I used to deliver these presentations as well, you know, you'd stand up there, you'd get behind the lectern and you'd go and speak and you'd become somebody else. Mm. <laughs> you, know? Yeah. you know, that's why I say we have to ban boring because, you know, that was the style of presentation that we did. And so, boring. You know, yeah, exactly. We used to do so much information, you know, we'd deliver it in a monotone voice and the audience would be sitting there, you know, and they'd be looking at their clock all the time. <laughs> Oh my God. This was in the days before smartphones as well. <laughs> so, <laughs> so the second one is, of course, bringing out the real you when you speak. You know, bringing out your personality, bringing out, bringing out your character, and what you're known for with your audience. So that's the second V, and the third V is voice. Voice is the carrier of your unique sound, and your voice is so special. Nobody has a voice like yours. It's purely unique and, you know, it's something to learn to love. If we learn to love our voice, so many people say, oh, I can't stand the sound of my voice. Yeah. So learning to love our voice and, and bringing out the beauty in the voice. Okay, okay. So running over the three Vs and let me see if I got that all correct. One is value, second, veritas, and yeah. third is voice. I really love the veritas and the voice. Anyway, value have to follow. No, you <laughs> and, and, Yeah, having value and not having the right voice and not having veritas can ruin the entire value that you think you have. You know? So I love the three Bs, value, veritas, yes. and voice. So I, I want to still jump into this aspect. In, in what ways can public speaking be profitable for any business or entrepreneur? Or let me say, for those people that want to jump into public speaking as a profession, how do you think they should go about that? Yeah, well, the first step, well, first of all, I would totally encourage them to. And I think that, you know, business people and entrepreneurs, it's, it's, it's a skill that, you know, we all need to embrace. And of course, I think it's a core life skill. So yes, absolutely do it. 
Okay. And I think I think the first step is to, to get out there and do it. So there are so many places that you can go to 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 practice your speaking and, and also get some feedback on that. And get some I mean, get some help. So there's speaking coach or there's just getting feedback from audiences around around you know when you present and, and getting really clear on your message because sometimes your message takes time yeah you know so that's i think that's the key thing is get out there and do it and get in front of audiences receive feedback and take the feedback on board you awesome. know and just get comfortable with with an audience is really really important very very Right. Now, you know, some everybody's going into digital businesses or making their business digital better. I think that sounds better. <laughs> everybody's making their business digital. Yes. So for those people that run live presentations, webinars, are there like programs that you like, okay, I wanted to run this program and you're going to get better in your webinars, your live presentations, your reach out to people. Are there like programs that you handle on that? Yeah. Yes. Uh, thank you for asking, Joseph. I do. Yes, I have a speaking mastery program, which is actually online in terms of there's a series of webinars and and there's a series of topics for each webinar, whether it's you know, bringing out the, the, the vocal power or engaging your audience, that sort of thing. And then we have a series of Skype calls, so one-on-one calls where we actually look at your speaking skills and, and your presentation, and we really craft that that masterpiece presentation. So, yeah, absolutely. It, it's so important whether it is somebody who's who's online, and I do, I really do encourage business owners and entrepreneurs to do live speaking, you know, in addition to their digital presence. It's really, really important. Yeah, yeah. Having that live audience really powerful. Okay, is there is there a sort of a link to that? Because a lot of people listening would love to do that mastery course. Yes, so I don't know if there's a link, so we can drop it right here. So wherever is listening, I wanted to jump right in and develop your power of speaking. Because it's not just about reaching out to your audience. You know, the, the, the social media is a great place now. We have the YouTube, we have the Facebook. People do a lot of Facebook lives and Instagram. They now, they now do lives too. And so you can jump into any of these places. But before you do and don't embarrass yourself, come get, <laughs> come get some coaching on how to do that, you know. <laughs> so, um, Anna, you'll be dropping the link and we can share it later with um, our listeners so i'll still yes. go to this very personal question it's quite personal i'm going to ask you this question which is what is one thing you do that is non-negotiable in the success of your public speaking business mm-hmm. i every single day this is what i do i just show up well wow. you know I, I i just show up and i do what needs to be done and i chip away at it every single day and I take the actions that I need to do and, you know, I, I'm grateful for it. So I think the one thing is to show up and to love what you do and, you know, that, that's what I do each and every day. So, yeah. Wow. That's simple but needs consistency, you know. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Okay. So 
the, this last question I'm going to ask is this, because uh, I personally have books that I read and movies too that really inspired me to get to the level and act in my business and even my podcast. So what I want to ask right now is this, what book or movie can you suggest for Spirey Talks listeners that motivated you to be where you are? Oh, that's a lovely question. Look, I have to say, I mean, my all-time favorite movie is a movie from, oh, look, it's probably 20 years old now. Whoa. I think it is 20 years old, actually. But it, it's called, it's an American movie. It's called The Dead Poets Society. And it's, I'm not, have you seen it? I don't, I don't think so. <laughs> I'll, I'll send you. I'll send you a link. It's. I mean, it's basically about this teacher who's really inspiring, and it was played by Robin Williams, who you know, um, rest in peace. Yeah. Um, and and he inspires these kids. He he inspires them to 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 seize the day, which in Latin is carpe diem, and he encourages them to step outside their comfort zone and just. You know, do that thing that I love to do. Oh, yeah. So, you know, that's, yeah, I just love it. It's, it's a beautiful, beautiful thing. And then, I mean, there'll be clips on, on YouTube of, of the different scenes that are just, just amazing. It's, it's beautiful. Oh, that's really lovely. That's lovely. And you know what? <laughs> I mean, this, this was a presentation we just had right now, and it was really fun because we had to ban every boring thing and it to be fun (laughs) (laughs) so we did well i don't think we couldn't not have fun with you around jason oh yeah you're 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 a fun you're a fun person (laughs) oh yeah a lot of people say that (laughs) oh my oh with a name like jason smile oh that says it all doesn't it (laughs) <laughs> awesome, awesome. so um i want to especially say thank you thank you thank you for you know being on our podcast the smiley talks podcast it was really awesome having you on i'm really you know filled with fun if you let me here i'm going to continue with other questions that i have about public speaking and double writing so instead i think it's better to jump into the mastery course on public speaking and know more about how to speak, how to develop the three Bs, the value, the voice, the veritas. I think I changed it, but it's supposed to be value, veritas, and the voice. <laughs> so maintaining the three Bs. Yeah, well done. Yeah, yeah. So um, listeners, we're going to still share you the link to the to the mastery course. Let me call it the mastery course on public speaking and. We're going to share the movie link as well because most of you are like, I want to see the movie. Yeah, you're going to see the movie too. So, <laughs> yeah, we're having more fun, you know, in our public speaking. So, thank yeah. you so much, Anna. <laughs> thank you so much, Joseph. It's been an absolute joy uh, to meet you and be on your show. So, thank you so much for having me. Right. Thank you so much. Thank you. And let's band by and have fun. Oh, yeah. Have fun. <laughs> Discover yourself, grow, and transform your world here at Smiley Talks with your host, Joseph Paul Smile.